Welcome back to Just Scrap Radio on BJPen.com. I'm your host, Cole Sheldon. In episode 29, we got a good lineup for you ahead of UFC Vegas 20, February 27th, all in the lead up to this stacked UFC 259 card, which we'll get into next week. But we're first joined up by the headliner of the card, Yarzinho Rosenstrike, to preview his fight against Cyril Gone. We talked about the fight being moved a couple weeks. Remember, this was supposed to be the co-main on March 13th. They needed the main event over Yuri Prohoshka. Dominic Reyes fell off, so Rosenstruck said he was glad to move the fight up a couple weeks. He doesn't think it's that big of a deal, but this is a fascinating fight. Like Rosenstruck only lost to France Ngannou in 20 seconds. Like You don't really take much away from that. Still gone is all the hype. Like This is a guy that TKO, a regional promotion in Canada, where I'm from, he won the heavyweight title in his pro debut. You don't really see guys get an immediate title shot, especially TKO, which is a legit organization in Canada, immediate title shot. Cyril Gaon has a ground game. He has solid striking. Both actually are coming off TKO wins over Junior Dos Santos, which kind of makes this interesting, but really interesting chat with Rose Struck about this fight, the state of the heavyweight division. What do you think is going to be next for him? Obviously, like maybe a Derek Lewis fight, maybe the loser, the title fight. But he makes clear he wants that and got a rematch for the belt down the line. He thinks that's going to happen. We're then joined by Alexander Hernandez to preview his fight against Tiago Moises. Hernandez back at Factory X for this camp. We talked about that. This is a good fit for me. He has a lot of good trading partners there. Yusuf Salal, Brandon Royval, Chris Gutierrez, Jonathan Martinez. Like the list goes on and on. It's a good gym over there. He also trains with uh, Devontae Smith. So good gym over there for Alexander Hernandez. Big fight against Tiago Moises. Hernandez knows he's trying to slow build himself up. Because in our last chat, when he's fighting Chris Gutierrez, he made it clear like he... He didn't. He made a lot of bad moves early on when he was fighting Cowboy Cerrone. When he's fighting Drew Dober, a lot of these guys are making uh, double what he was making, and he was still on his base UFC contract. So he said he's just fine trying to fight guys around his same salary. He doesn't want to really care to get beat up to guys making double his money. So he's more. He knows this is a business now. So it's a really smart decision by Alexander Hernandez. But this is a big fight against Tiago Moises. This is a fight he called for, and he, and he thinks this is a good match for him where he could probably get that stoppage win. And then we're closing it out with UFC light heavyweight Dustin Jacoby to preview his fight against Maxime Grisham. Jacoby made good of his UFC return against uh, Justin Ledette years in the making. He was in the UFC, I think he was 22 or 23, which is absolutely crazy. It was 10 years ago. Didn't win a fight, got cut, kind of went into glory, got into kickboxing, did a bit of MMA, and then he kind of returned. And now he's looking really good. This is a big fight for him. If he beats Maxime Grisham, I think the UFC is really going to push him. Dustin Kobe, fan favorite. Like This guy just brings it. He's looking for the stoppage win. And th- this is a good fight for him. I think we're, I think this is a fight where he could get that stoppage win. If he does, I wouldn't be surprised with top 15 guys next. But thank you all for listening. Be sure to share the show, subscribe, and tune in next week for a stack show for UFC 259. All right, we're joined by UFC heavyweight Yarzino Rosenstruck, who is headlining another card coming up here. Yarzino, how's it going? It goes great, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Obviously, you're supposed to fight Comain on March 13th, and then Dominic Reyes, Yuri Prohoshka falls out. They need a new main event. Was this something the UFC came to you to headline this February 27th, 27th event, or is this something you stepped up and offered, hey, hey, I'll step up and take this spot? Nah, they offered me the fight, and I was like, you know what, fighting two weeks later or two weeks earlier doesn't make no difference. We're going to fight anyway, so let's do it. Yeah, and especially for you guys, obviously, heavy, you guys aren't cutting any weight or much weight at all. So is that the two weeks it's really not going to have much of an impact on training, just fighting two weeks earlier? Nah, for me, it will have no impact. I mean, I've been training my whole life, and... To fight two weeks earlier or two weeks later doesn't uh, make no difference. Before we get into your fight, obviously, I just want to touch on your last fight. Really good performance over Junior Dos Santos. 
this is um what you take away from that fight because obviously Joe Santos is a legend of this game. He is, thank you. And yeah, I mean when you enter that octagon you wanna win and it doesn't matter how. And especially if you put down a great performance and you can be happy about it, then you know what you're doing is a it's a good job. And what was that one like for you? Just your confidence, just to get back into the win column. Obviously, that Ngani loss, it kind of just a, it's just obviously that one punch caught you. You can't really take much out of that. But just to kind of remind everyone that you're still a top heavy with that win. Now, nah, for me, it's really important. Uh, after that loss, I went back to the gym and I've been training since then. And yeah, you want to get on the winning side. It doesn't matter who's in front of you. And I went in there and just put down my performance, what I always do. And I win and I was happy about it. And yeah. And was this about the right time frame for you to return after that one, or were you looking to return a bit sooner? I uh, looking. I was looking to return a little bit sooner, but since the pandemic, things are just a bit slow. And yeah, um, I've been ready for it since then, and now the time's to shine again. So here I am. Uh, and a lot of people after that win, you were ranked third in heavyweight. A lot of people thought maybe a Derek Lewis fight would make sense. Obviously, they matched him up with Curtis Blades. Are you a bit disappointed you're fighting so far down the rankings? Like Cyril Gaon, I think, is seventh or eighth in the rankings. No, for me, it's no problem. And if, you, if you've seen the, the past, uh, before my fight with Junior, um, Lewis was tied up already with, in a bout with Blades. So, um, yeah, it's supposed to happen the November 29 on 28th. And then Lewis, uh, not Lewis, Blades got COVID, and then they have to reschedule. So, and your opponent, what's kind of interesting, his last fight is also a TKO win over Dos Santos. What did you make of his performance? I think he's doing his thing. He's phenomenal. He's working his way up. Um, yeah, now he's gonna face me. He's gonna be a whole different type of fight, and yeah, he's a different type of heavyweight fighter. So, it's an interesting fight, and I'm looking forward to it. Are you still doing this camp at ATT? Yes, I still at ATT. And what's that like? Because obviously a ton of good heavyweights. I know JDS is there, but you guys weren't trained together. But a lot of good heavyweights there. Alexia Linick, like you just name the heavyweights. Most of them are at ATT. I mean, there's a lot of bodies, and yeah, it feels good to work with them. And yeah, for and, me, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I'm in a good place. In this fight with Siogani, he's kind of considered this like top prospect at heavyweight, an undefeated guy. He kind of reminds me a lot of you coming up, where you were that undefeated guy. You took a step up and lost and gone. Like, do you kind of view that similar, where this is his big step up and it's kind of make or break to see if he is that elite guy everyone thinks he is? Nah, for me, I, I'm not looking at that. I'm more like um, he's facing me right now, and I'm the guy who has to stop him. So for me, that's that's my job. And yeah, after that, no bad blood. We're gonna see what he's gonna do after. And yeah, I mean, and this is his first uh, main event in the UFC. He did uh, was scheduled five rounds on the regional scenes, but I think he's only ever gone into the uh, third round. He went the decision with Tanner Bozer. We've seen you go into that fifth round with the Overeem. Like, do you think that's a big event for you? Is you know how to pace yourself for a five round fight? No, you have to. As an as a fighter, you you have to know fight can go anywhere, so you have to be prepared, be ready for where the fight's going. And I'm the I'm, I'm that guy type of fighter that it doesn't matter where the fights go, I have to find a way to finish the fight or to win a fight or I have to be ready in everywhere. So I'm that type of fighter. 
And Cyril Gaon has a pretty good uh, ground game. Like, do you expect him to shoot on you at some point? Because everyone knows how good you a striker you are. Nah, maybe. We don't know. We're going to see it on February 27. Uh, how do you see this fight playing out? Because basically all your fights, uh, basically with you, it's ending by knockout. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly I'm looking for where the fight going to bring me. So uh, it's what the fight needs, and that's what the fight's going to get. And one thing I know, I want to be ready on that day. I want to be in shape. I want to be the best version of myself so I can shine again. And I right, I know right now it's targeted for Vegas. Do you like that? You obviously fought JDS there, the smaller octagon and everything. Or do you wish it was out then with the big octagon fight island? For me, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's uh, I've been fighting in an, in a ring for years uh, with kickboxing, yeah. and that's even smaller than the smaller octagon. So, yeah, it makes no sense. What do you think a win over Gone does to you? He has a lot of hype behind him. I think when here, like you're really only looking at a couple names and if not a title shot. Right now, I think a win over him will keep me on the same spot. And yeah, we see what's going to happen. Blade's fighting Lewis now. And the, the champion's fighting Gano. And then after, I guess, uh, John Jones will get the, the title shot. So I think I'm going to be around there and on the corner, still open to fight everybody. So. Yeah, for me, this is how I kind of picture the heavyweight division going. So obviously you have Stipe and Ganu, winner. Whoever wins is gonna fight Jones. I think your fight, whoever wins of you and Cyril, I think kind of makes sense to fight the winner of Blades Lewis, and the winner of that fights the winner of Jones and Ganu Stipe. Like I think that's kind of the logical way for this division to move. For for me, it doesn't matter. As long as I can fight, I will. I love to stay busy. So if the UFC offer me that fight, or any other fight, I will be there, and of, of course, I will take it. Is that in rematch still one you'd want to get back? Just because we didn't really of get course. To see much of it. Of course, but we're going to see how it's going to play out with the champion. And then, yeah. Uh, the rematch probably would be a lot better with a belt on the line, too. Add a bit more to yeah, it. It would be nicer, of course. <laughs> and what about John Jones? Is that someone like uh, someone that's you had to work your way up the heavyweight rankings. Like, what do you make of him just kind of jumping right into a title shot and not taking a fight first to, to prove he is one of those top guys at heavyweight? I think, I think it's a, it's the best move he can do. And he's the GOAT. He's a champion. He was the champion of the light heavyweight. And yeah, uh, he kind of earned it. If I was the UFC, I'll give him, I'll give it to him too. So uh, I don't make nothing about it. And I want to get your thoughts on that. That Stipe uh, Ngannou fight. How do you see that one going out? Just because you fought Ngannou, we've already seen that fight happen once. Like how, uh, who do you see winning that one? I don't know. I don't care who wins. But for me, I hope it's a really uh, exciting fight. And yeah, both of them give the 100% because only then I like to enjoy fights. So yeah. for me, I know it doesn't matter who wins. And also I learn from fights. So I'm going to be there and uh, I'm excited about that fight too. So. And everyone knows when you go back home to a Suriname, you get this massive ovation. What do you think that ovation would be like if you become champion, be that first fighter to become UFC champion? That would be crazy. Uh, but for now, I have to win this fight, and then we see what the future brings us. Is it a bit weird for you to be fighting in front of no crowd? Just because everyone envisions that like sold-out arena and fighting in the UFC, like a main event too. Like You already did one of those main events with that sold-out arena in DC, and now to walk in front of no one is probably a bit weird. I think right now it doesn't matter. 
um, it is what it is, and everybody's dealing with the pandemic. So I'm not focusing too much on on the the, the, the arena. People in the arena or not. I'm just going there and yeah, do my thing and get out. Uh, just a few more things. Everything goes your way, February twenty seventh. Like, how quickly do you want to turn this thing around? Because you're a guy that likes to remain active. I mean, I win this fight. I can be around like May, June. Yeah. Has it been frustrating for you just with Stipe in the heavyweight division? It's only had one title fight so that just kind of keeps the top of the division. It was. Not many people are fighting. It was a little bit frustrating, but you know it is. Everybody, every fighter is different. You don't know what he has going on. That why he takes so long to fight again. So, I mean, he do what he does, and I hope that yeah, everything goes well with them. You know. And just last thing, like starting off the new year, what's like the ideal 2021 for you? I think 2021, I face the champion. Yeah. All right. Well, Yarzinho, thank you so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Of course. No problem. Till next time. All right. We're joined by UFC lightweight Alexander Hernandez, who's returning here February 27th. Alex, how's it going? Good, man. Obviously, when I last talked to you after your win over Chris Grudzmacher, you mentioned Tiago Moises as a guy you wanted, but you wanted December 19th. A bit disappointed it has to take this long to get this fight? No, you know, it is what it is. It doesn't matter. Uh, My manager called it. He was like, you know, it's probably going to be difficult sliding two guys who just fought uh, a couple months ago in because, you know, UFC is so busy and they need to get the roster filled, so... <clears throat> no worries. February 27th is good. Uh, I'm just happy that I got in the first quarter of this year. Yeah. So what intrigued you so, so much about this matchup? Because this is one you called for. And I remember when we last talked, something you said was you didn't really care to fight those ranked guys until you're making that money, which is something you realize after but when you made the switch. So like, is that just kind of the next part of this is fighting guys who are making around the same money as you are? Yeah, well, I, I wanted to climb the ladder the right way. And, uh, you know, after getting smoked, I realized, you know, getting smoked for peanuts, you know, just d- d- doesn't doesn't pay the cost, you know. And so uh, I wanted to uh, I wanted to build myself up the right way. And also, man, I, I was way too callow and inexperienced before. And, uh, and I wasn't prepared for those guys as much as I thought I was. And so I, I needed to get some new perspectives, a uh, new general. And, um, and and just kind of heighten my MMA IQ before re-entering that top 15 ranking. And that's what I feel like I'm doing. I'm doing it the right way. And Tiago Moises, like, what have you taken away from his past two fights? Because obviously that Bobby Green fight, it was really close. Some people thought Bobby won the fight before. Like, he got picked apart in the first round by Michael Johnson, then goes out and ankle locks him in 20 seconds. Yeah, I thought that was a bitch-ass ankle lock, too. I mean... I don't shoot ankle locks and that looks like some shit I would shoot. And so I'm, I'm not, I wasn't terribly impressed with either one, but, but he's come off of great wins and we've just been side by side on a number of cards, even, even in LFA coming up together. And so I just remember thinking in the back before this last fight uh, that I, he was there and I was just thinking I would eat this dude up too bad. Bobby's probably going to beat him up. And then he beat Bobby and it's like, well, man, you, you know, you just stacked two solid name wins uh, now we're kind of playing in the same tier. Uh, it's a good fight. And, and I wasn't just shooting for him, really. I, I was super open to anybody. And I was getting called out by everyone. I was like, man, I'll take any of these fights. And I wasn't getting any offers. It was like silent for a month. And I'm kind of asking house, like, dude, what's the deal? I'm, you know, I'm getting called out. And then all these guys are calling me out are getting other contracts. Why aren't we getting any offers? And then, uh, you know, they just have a plan, I guess. And, and then finally, um, 
something something real came across the board and it stuck and and yeah lo and behold it's it's moises and i'm like all right let's do that so is it a bit weird for you where you're now on the receiving end where everyone kind of wants to fight you and are calling you out where before it was you were calling everyone else out Man, I don't think there's ever a time I wasn't getting called out, bro. I've been, I've been, I've been oh, getting blasted, every blasted day one. So I don't think, I don't think anything's changed. This is all, you know, it's all the same shit. Why do you think so many people are calling you? Because you're a tough matchup for anyone. Like your striking's really good, your grappling's really good. Like it, it's not, and it's not one of those fights where it's like, oh, this is an easy fight for me. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, I came in uh, again, you know, inexperienced and a bit underdeveloped just based on my record, you know, and, and then I'm in the top 15 and you got these guys that are like, man, I've got 10 plus fights in the UFC. Who the fuck's this kid? Yeah, I'll take him on. And, you know, no foul there. I, I totally get that. That that makes sense. And, and truthfully, man, like from the outside view, you, you know, I'm, I might've been doing pretty well, but I haven't been proud of like any of my performances up until this last one. You know, the Dariush one, yeah, sure. That was great. But like just to have a composed mind and execution, I guess I guess I did I did execute the Darius fight just the way I wanted, but but th this fight, you, you know, I, I felt like I was kind of just stumbling through the last two years, and 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 I was I was um, like sort of just makeshifting uh, these performances. You know, we pick up some new skills in between camp, and I'd be like, all right, let me go try this shit out. And every, every fight, I look so different than the last. And, uh, and finally, now I feel like I'm starting to articulate my game and, and, and see things different and, and, and string it together. And so, uh, I'm, I'm not mad at people seeing the, seeing the holes, like other professionals, other professionals seeing the holes and thinking like, man, I might be able to exploit that. I can exploit that, this. And, and I totally get it because fuck, I'm watching me and I'm like, man, I didn't like that. I didn't like that performance. If I was somebody else, I'd call me out too. So, so finally now I'm starting to, like I said, just, just starting to put into action everything that I, that I knew that I I was capable of. Obviously that Darius win was a great win, but do you kind of wish that never happened just because you had such high expectations once it happened and you got like catapulted right into that top 10 after that win? No, I mean, I definitely want to take that back because I was sick and that was definitely like the highest of highs, you know, like breaking into the UFC on, on like you know, weeks notice and then popping off like that. That was definitely the hardest I've ever celebrated in my life. So that that was a cool time. I just wish I I wish somebody was like, okay, kid, now let's let's slow it down. Let's let's just um, let's articulate our game and, let, and let's kind of like identify who we are, what we are, and that and that's sort of like what I what I started doing here at Factory X because just back home, you know, we were ride or die together, and and all my coaches put in all the time with me, but we just didn't have the experience. So. Could I say like, yeah, well, I wish somebody with some UFC coaching experience was like, hey, great job. Now let's like get our IQ up. Let's 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 like work on our blend because you've got all the skills. Wrestle, I, I can wrestle, I can do jujitsu, I can kickbox, box, but I wasn't blending shit. It was like kind of one or the other, uh, or one discipline or another rather. And um, and that's something that changed with Mark Montoya. But but to say that I would I would could do things different is kind of hard. You know, I, I like my journey. And, um, and like that saying goes, dude, like, like the hard, the hard, the hard work and the hard road builds character, the easy road builds ego. You saw that in the beginning, I was flying through everything, big ego, got, got my licks in and, uh, and I've had to come back and fuck, man, that's something that you can actually share with people. You can teach your kids, you know, the adversity and coming back and that I'm more proud of that than anything else. Any, any big win. Uh, how different do you think your career would be if 
you were with Mark Montoya from that first fight and after that Darius fight, because I'm sure he wouldn't have let you got that overconfident or let you take on a lot of those fights. No, he, he definitely would have, he definitely would have simmered some things down for sure. But you know what? This is a conversation I've had myself a few times. There's skills and proficiencies that I have in singular disciplines that I wouldn't have developed if I were just factory X is a brilliant MMA gym and with, and with a striking focus because of Mark, but Mark, Mark sees the game. So he, he has a really good, again, IQ for everything. Uh, but back home, the the caliber uh, of professors I had and, and just the, ex, the, the the expertise that I had in each discipline, I, I, I wouldn't have got that if I just went head into uh, an MMA school. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so being with like a straight boxer, gritty, like grimy Harlem boxer, being with like the highest caliber jujitsu practitioners, being with like Mike Malchino, who's a flow wrestling expert, being with like fucking John X from San Diego, like a world-renowned Muay Thai kickboxer. Being with these guys, I wouldn't have nearly developed these individual skills to the degree that I have to where now at Factory X, I am I am big dog. Like, I, like when I go in there, there are so many fucking killers in that gym. I And they have, they have like, you know, we've gone toe-to-toe with each other, but, but I don't see myself as anything short of the best every time I step in the gym, every time I step in the ring. And, and I don't think I would have – maybe a leg up on some people in these disciplines if it wasn't for my upbringing in San Antonio and, and, and traveling with those individual coaches. So um, maybe the timing is perfect, you know, and, and after build, building those skills to such a degree, Mark was able to grab me and much like TJ and um, fill me in. I just had a brain fart on TJ and uh, Dwayne Ludwig. Dwayne Ludwig. We're able to, we're able to click, and, uh, and he was able just to resuscitate everything Dwayne was putting on him because he developed to a certain degree by the time he met Dwayne, you know? And so I, I feel like that's kind of where I'm at. I, I, was, I was at a high level when I met Mark, but I couldn't put it together. I didn't understand the IQ side. I was just fighting like a fucking, you know, ape. Just, 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 I was just a dumb ape in there going ham, you know? And, and Mark was able to, to compose that for me. And, uh, and and put the skills that I had already learned together. He was able to sharpen them, refine them, and then blend them for me. And that was just – that's something I couldn't get back home. But the skills themselves, again, you know, developed to a degree back home. Is it a bit weird too? Because I've talked to Brendan Royville a countless times who's close with you. And he says like <laughs> – he said it was kind of weird. He leaned on you a lot this past year because his is a, a rapid ascent was very similar to yours. He came out of nowhere, came up into yeah. that top ten. Like, is that weird? Where now you're getting asked all these questions, young fighters. Well, like, and I, that's what I'm saying, man. It, it's hard to say. Like, the journey was the wrong. Man, the journey's a journey, and it's a fucking beautiful one. And now, now I've got guys like Brandon Royval, who you know, we're like milk and honey, dog. Obviously, he's the milk, but I'm a uh, you, you know. I, we're able to relate on things and he's able to bounce things off me and I could be a rock for him when I need to be. And he could be a fucking rock for me too, because the way that kid's able to weather storms and, and just take on life challenges and go perform or also when things don't go right, like maybe in camp or, you know, we're in Abu Dhabi and maybe shit's not clicking perfect. It just doesn't make a difference. He goes in there and he shows up and that was something that I, I like needed to take from him. So um, yeah, we're able, again, we, we walk different roads. And so now when we come together, we can share our experiences, but if we were always together, maybe we wouldn't be able to be able to bond the same way or be able to inspire or educate each other the same way. Hey, into your fight now, like to me personally, I think this is a good, like, I think it's a very well fight for you just because I don't really see a path for Tiago Moyes just because 
he's this grappler, but I don't think a lot of people realize you kind of grew up grappling in San Antonio. Yeah, like, I've got this nasty big motherfucker right here. We call him Baloo the Bear. That's Jason Yarrington, dude. That's the that, that's my head jiu-jitsu coach. That's the nastiest fucking guy in the world. And 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 having him in the corner, like I would put that guy toe to toe with anybody in Tiago's gym. And, and and yeah, being able to educate myself again. That's what I'm saying. Like developing singular disciplines, but also, you know, always focusing on the MMA as, as growing up, but being able to develop these singular disciplines when I was a kid, I'm not, I'm not fearful of anything. I'm not scared to go into Tiago's guard. Uh, a lot of people are over hyping and over analyzing his, his leg attacks, but he's doing it against guys that never bothered learning jujitsu and never bothered learning, um, nuances to jujitsu, like, like leg attacks. And so they, they, they get hit and they panic and they flee or they respond poorly. Like, you know, like again, Kevin Gasolum, all the time in the world to react and respond, but just locks up, panicked, fed them the, the, the attack because they didn't know what they're doing. So they turned into it and they get finished and then people freak out like, oh, look at this like masterful jujitsu attack. It wasn't, it was an ignorance of the opponent. And so, you know, when I watched that Johnson attack, I'm like, that wasn't shit. Like it, it was not. And, and, and just, just Johnson just wasn't educated in that, in that, that level of jiu-jitsu or maybe even just that half of his body, you know? How do you see this fight playing? Cause Moises, even in that Johnson fight, although he won it, like he got 10 aided uh, in the first round because Johnson was picking apart on the feet. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, kudos to Moises. That was a brilliant adjustment. I mean, fuck yeah. That was like everything he needed to do, you know? So, um, I mean, yeah, good for him. Uh, but but what do I take from it? I, I yeah, I, I think that he's he's very uh, pickable. You can you can pick him apart. You can pick your shots, um, and he's predictable. You know. And so for me, I, I think I think I will dismantle him early. I'll disrupt his composure with uh, with just complete foreign attacks on our feet. And then whenever he overextends himself to grapple or even to counter back on the strikes. That's that's whenever my clarity will come through, and I'll I'll dispose him on the feet or the ground again. If it goes to the ground, I'm more than willing to to smash him. Uh, I was looking at Tiago too. He's never been finished too, but that, that was the whole thing about Chris Guzmog. They're like, oh, this guy's so durable too. Like, is this yeah. a fight that you want to kind of get another stoppage win just to kind of show everyone just how different you are? Yeah, sure, man. I always want stoppages, but but the thing that I changed with the Guzmogger fight. And the thing that I've just changed in general, you know, I'm not calling ridiculous shit and I'm also not setting these expectations. So uh, I'm not, not saying, you know, like before, and it's not that I don't believe I can, you know, it's just that the expectations gone for it before I'd say, you know, oh yeah, I'll finish that guy in two minutes. I'll finish him in the first round. Maybe I'll go to the second. Uh, I have complete respect for Tiago's um, drive. The fact that we're two grown ass professionals trying to win a fight um, I have complete respect for his, his striking, his ground game. I do. I, I just believe mine's better. And so just like the Grootsmacher fight, that guy was a kind of renowned as a juggernaut. You know, he's going to take licks, keep going, get into his mid-range and beat you up. And I didn't expect to take him out. I just went in there blank slate. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to, with again, with this adjusted IQ, I'm going to align myself the way I do and I'm going to start building my game. And I'm just going to go to work. And once I cracked him and I saw the look on his face, I was like, oh, okay, you're not a juggernaut, bitch. I can, I can knock you out. And, the, and then I did, you know, and, 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 it, and it, was, it was the complete uh, erosion of that mindset of I need to knock him out or I, I'm going to knock him out. All, all of that expectation died, and, and I just went in there clean 
and calculated. And that, that's just what I want to do with Tiago. You know, um, I know he's going to be a tough son of a bitch. Uh, I want to take him out. I'm not planning to. Uh, I'm just going to go to work. And, uh, and all the shit that I've been doing for the last years, but especially the last seven months in Colorado, I'm just going to show that. I'm going to implement it. I'm going to impress myself. And in the process, I, I think I'll take him out. And just two more things. Obviously, you're a guy that loves to be active, so everything goes your way. Like, when's that ideal return? If like, no yeah, ideally, uh, March, April, May, uh, May or June. And Probably June. Yeah. Just last thing, like you've been open throughout this whole time of it, the fights have to make sense. Like, you're not going to take this top ten guy just because. So, like, do you no, still? I, yeah, I more? learned my lesson. I learned my lesson on that for sure. You know, again, I was. I was saying yes to everybody for peanuts and, and I didn't, I, didn't, I just didn't have, we God, we just didn't have the experience, you know? Like, is that a thing? Like even after this one, get maybe one, two more, then try to get into the rankings. Yeah. I think I would get one more and then get in the rankings. That's exactly my plan. All right. Well, Alex, man, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate Thanks, it. Dude. Appreciate it, man. All right. We're joined by UFC light heavyweight, Dustin Jacoby. Dustin, how's it going? Good, Cole. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for coming on again. Obviously, got another fight booked here, February 27th, Maxime Grishin. Was this someone you thought of the next guy? Because to be honest, this, I was trying to think of fights for you, and this was – I didn't even think of this name. Yeah, I didn't think of this name either. To be honest, I didn't know uh, who Max was, and now I do. Uh, very, very solid fighter, very good veteran, um, and, and going to be a, a tough challenge. Uh for myself and i'm looking forward to the challenge on february 27th he, he's um obviously made his ufc debut up a weight class at heavyweight marcin tybura just kind of held him down won a decision dropped back down to light heavyweight and then got a knockout win what you take away of that performance because i assume you've probably seen it by now yeah i think that uh i think he's a tough durable veteran i think he's pretty solid with his striking um and i think it's it's no easy fight for anybody i mean i i'm i'm preparing from the met best max there is and i think that he's going to be a tough challenge i think that uh he's coming down from heavyweight much like my last opponent was justin ledette he had he made his ufc debut and three straight wins at heavyweight i think ledette fight better at heavyweight because um of the speed factor and i i think the same for max i think that uh the, my speed's going to be a factor in this fight um I, I certainly think that i can beat him to the punch and and that's what we plan to do and, and on february 27th that's what we're going to execute yeah obviously he's known as a striker but it seems like when everyone ever fights you they want to wrestle do you expect him to shoot at some point because everyone it doesn't seem like many people want to stand with you uh, you know, I, I think that he, he, his striking is his dominant, dominant, uh, point of his game. I, I think he can wrestle. I think he can do some judo jujitsu. I just don't think he chooses to. And, you know, and another thing, you know, I'm training with guys at the gym that are great wrestlers, great jujitsu guys, Cody Brundage and Josh Framed and Austin Jones, those three right there, man, keep me on my toes at all times, uh, in, in the ground department. So I, I, I think it's going to be a little more difficult than people think at this point in my career that just with my mental growth and, and my, you know, my physical ability on the mat, uh, when it does come to wrestling and jiu-jitsu, I think Max is going to want to stand and 
bang and and of course i love those fights i think the fans love those fights and and that's what i'm looking forward to uh, you just brought him up there but i just have to mention josh friend what a win that was over bruno Oliveira. he's has to be ufc bound pretty soon Oh, totally, man. I just talked to Josh and one of my main training partners, and we all know what Josh is capable of, and I can't wait for him to get his shot because that guy is an absolute killer. Uh, how do you see this fight playing out between you and Max? Because obviously two strikers, like I think that's what it's going to be, but I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to get down to the mat. Yeah, I think you have two strikers are going to be out there. I think that uh, my speed advantage is, is going to play a factor. I think people are going to see that right off the bat, and you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. I think that uh, it's a great matchup for myself. Another big guy, um, another guy that likes to strike. So uh, once again, and a solid veteran. What people are going to see is two veterans that have been in there before that um, I think this fight has potential fight of the night all over it um, if, we, if we can both hang in there. Your leg kicks are obviously a big part of your last game. We saw Poirier use the leg kicks good against McGregor. Do you think those are only going to get more popular now? Yeah, absolutely. And they've been around. It's not like they, they that this just happened. It's funny when when these when these when those types of things happen, you know, when McGregor used the shoulder strikes on Cerrone. Heck, you've seen those shoulder strikes yeah. all the time. What you haven't seen is a shoulder strike that breaks break somebody somebody's nose and changes the outcome of the fight, right? Uh same with the calf kick. They've been there. You know, we've been using utilizing calf kicks for a long time, but now you're you're starting to really see how they can change, you know, someone's ability over the course of a fight. So uh, definitely a big part of my game. Uh, and, and Max, I mean, if he doesn't know, he should know that, you know, that's what I bring. I was a kickboxer. I have heavy kicks. And um, I promise any opponent that I step in the cage with, I'm going to get a couple of those off. So uh, it's just part of the game. And, 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 and it's going to be a big part of my offense. And I think it's going to be a great fight. Is this another fight you think you can get that stoppage win? Because you look down your career, kickboxing, MMA, basically all your wins. When you get your hand raised, it's normally by stoppage. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, when you ask me, you know, how do you see this fight going out? If anybody asks me that, I think I win by a knockout or by TKO. That's just the type of – that's my mentality. That's what I'm going in there to do. Uh, I'm going in there to, to t take you out. You know, I, I don't ever – think of taking someone down and wrestling them and trying to submit them. I always think, uh, you know, I'm coming to knock your block off. So I think Max is a very similar uh, style fighter, but he's also a veteran. And I think he knows uh, that, you know, I, I'm a pretty good striker. So we'll see what his game plan is. Um, but that's MMA. That's that's the, the intriguing part about it. You know, the fight can go wherever it goes. And um, I think the fans prefer a little stand-up, stand-and-bang type action. But, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Is it a bit weird where this is your second stint in the UFC? If you were to say, oh, this fighter was in the UFC 10 years ago, they probably think you're so old or something, but you're 32. Like, is that weird to think like you were in the UFC 10 years ago and you're still not even touching your mid 30s? Yeah. Well, you know, a couple of things. It makes me realize like how young I was when I first got there and, and mentally and, and even slightly physically. I mean, I've always been gifted physically, but even, even physically being, being just a young man and not fully developed and in my prime like I am right now. And um, it is funny. It seems like, like man, I've been, I was in the UFC 10 years ago. You would think this 
this old guy, but no, man, I, I, I kept, I take care of myself. Uh, and I've been training this whole time. So I think that right now I'm really coming into my prime. I'm coming into my zone. And if you look at a lot of guys, uh, that really have a lot of success in the UFC, it's, it's in their mid thirties their thirties and up and closer to their 40, uh, year mark. So, um, you know, I think experience and, uh, I think, you know, as far, I've leveled up in my game now, now the mental side is starting to match the physical attributes and uh, the best is yet to come. Everything goes your way here. Like how quickly would you want to turn this thing around? Cause you're someone that likes to be very active. Yeah. I mean, this is what I do for a living, right? I mean, if you give me the opportunity to go out and you know, it's not every day you get to go to work and, and get an opportunity to get an extra $50,000 bonus or, uh, to get your hand raised and keep climbing the ladder. So uh, if I go in there and, you know, we just started a new year. So uh, my last fight, yeah, you know, it was pretty quick. Uh, but then it was the end of the year and people, you know, it's kind of hard to get fights then. But now with, with the year just popping, I go in there and get another TKO finish like I certainly plan to do. Uh, we get in there and get a, a turnaround for April, May sometime and, you know, just stay active. And and uh, hopefully by the end of the year, I'm, I'm cracking that top 10 and, and, and you know, you know, just winding my way to a title shot. Well, that's what I want to touch on. Obviously, light heavyweight division, wide open. It's obviously, it's getting a lot deeper. For a while, though, it wasn't the deepest. So what do you think a win over Max does for you? Because obviously, I think a win here, I wouldn't be surprised if you're fighting a rank guy or someone just outside of the rankings. Yeah, I agree, man. If I go in there and do, you know, what I'm preparing to do and I execute and finish the way that we fully intend on doing, um, I could see myself having a raked opponent. You know, I've, I've fought uh, a lot of elite level strikers in glory. I, I've had a, a ton of fights, a ton of experience on my side. Uh, like I said, mentally, man, I just feel like I'm really ready to take this next step. And um, like you said, what light heavyweight division, it's wide open. There is a lot of good guys towards that top 15. Uh, a lot of big guys, a lot of interesting fights. So um, you just got to take it one fight at a time. I go in there and get an impressive win against Max. We'll see what uh, what they're thinking, and and I'm open and, and accepting all challenges. So uh, but man, first things first, man, I got I got to go in there with a very tough, big, durable veteran, and I got to go show that, uh, you know, it's my time and not his. So uh, we got that task ahead of us, and I'm looking forward to it. What's like the ideal 2021 for you from a fighting standpoint? I think the ideal 2020, look, I said, uh, I talked to some buddies close to me and when I won my contenders fight, we're talking about going on a five fight win streak in the UFC. And that was certainly a goal that, you know, I've got one down. So I go and I get max and I get to two and oh, and here we are at the beginning of the year. I'd like to fight two, three, three more times after this. Uh, we're at the end of the year. I'm looking at my five fight win streak, five and zero, oh, and back in the UFC, and and five and two overall. And and uh, again, man, timing's everything. I, you know, those 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 title shots they come and go for a lot of people. And like you said, our division's wide open. So I think if I can get in at the right time, have a, a couple big wins, you know, I'm knocking on that door. And and uh, you never know, man. I, I've got a lot of. But I'm very optimistic, got a lot of hope. So I, I see big things in the future. Uh, this version of Dustin Jacoby fights the 2011 version in the UFC. How quickly do you finish him? Oh, man, it's night and day difference. I, I think I definitely finished him. And it's funny, man. And it's, it's 
it's always levels, right? I remember uh, being eight, seven, and one. Eight and one is an amateur, and I knock everybody. I can uh, go when I the first gym I went and trained. That was the hit squad. And I, I thought, you know, I was really good. I was 9-1 as an amateur. And I go there and I saw the levels. I'm training with the pros like Rob Lawler and, and Brian Fox. Foster and Cortez Coleman and, and Jeremiah. So um, it's just all experience, man. And, and right now I feel like I'm the best I've ever been. And, and it's because of the journey that I have went. You there, everybody? Yeah, all good. All good. Thank you so much for doing this, Dustin. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Cole. Yeah, have a good one.